Hello and welcome. I'm Shannon Shotler, your host, and this is The Messy Mucky Middle, a podcast dedicated to talking with real people about the most real parts of their life and career transition stories. Today, our guest is Caitlin. Caitlin is a yoga teacher, sound practitioner, and Reiki master by day. And by night or by weekend, you might find her in the kitchen cooking, hiking, or spending time outdoors, reading fiction books, sewing, or spending time relaxing with loved ones. But what we get to talk about today is her time spent navigating that messy middle from a nine-to-five corporate career queen to a works-for-herself yoga plus wellness teacher and guide. This is Caitlin's messy middle story. Caitlin, thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, Caitlin, I often think that transitions or stories like yours actually begin at an ending. And I'm curious for you, what did you sense was ending when your story begins? When my story begins, the biggest thing that I had to let go or that was sort of coming to a close in my life was this false version of myself that I had created to feel like I could fit in Mm -hmm. and please others. My life might have seemed like it had had been perfect on the outside, but I was existing as this person who was so far from my authentic self, and it was finally starting to take a toll on me. And that's kind of when I knew that I was moving into a big transition in my life. Yeah. And how did you feel at that point of the journey? Things felt really heavy for me. I was stressed out. I felt like I was just hanging on to threads to get through my days. I had made these sort of thoughts out in my head about what my life was supposed to look like to others. And they became so heavy and I felt so stuck that I was afraid of what would happen if I actually pursued what I wanted to pursue in life. And I just froze. I I couldn't move forward. I couldn't figure things out. I, I was just so stuck. You know, you mentioned you had told yourself so many stories of what your life was supposed to look like. Just for funsies, can you share like some of the stories that you had in your mind of like, but this is what life is supposed mm-hmm. to be? Mm-hmm sort of the all of the societal pressures and the the way that life is supposed to look like from I guess the traditional sense in terms of you know landing a great job making good money and I say good in quotations what does that even mean nowadays um you know having a car have you paid your car off um wearing nice clothes buying nice things um all of these sort of and I look at this list and they're all external to who we are as people deep down. Um, There's, you know, society doesn't care if you're a good person or a a caring person or a compassionate person. I mean, maybe they do. But when you look at the first thing that comes to my mind, it's all external things to, you know, our true selves. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And so you're starting to feel, I don't know, like the visual that's coming to mind is like the tectonic plates shifting of like, oh, shoot, I've been living into stories that are not my story. I'm feeling not great about that. This is a little bit of like a flippant question. Did you feel confident at that point? I didn't. I I felt scared and fearful. And I 
I knew deep down that I wanted to to find a change and a shift and a transition at that point, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have any confidence going into it. I was more worried about what is everyone else going to think as opposed to how can I step into this transition for me? Yeah. Well, and maybe... I know in the intro, we said you're a corporate career queen, but just to like really give people a taste, like what was, what was your former job? So I worked for municipal government in the urban planning industry. It's a great industry. I have no ill will towards it. And I still have many uh, friends and colleagues who, who work in that industry. And it was a uh, fast paced, high intensity. The position that I was in, um, I dealt with new development projects and often dealt with the public. And we know that as humanly as it sounds, we don't like change. So when a development came in, it was my job to present that development to the council members as well as the public. And, you know, everyone had a chance to speak. And oftentimes um, the public were not happy with what was being proposed Mm -hmm. and all of that sort of unhappiness and Um, distaste came back and landed on me. So that was sort of the heavy part of my, of my former job. And I just wanted to, I was curious for you to elaborate on a little bit more just to share the contrast (laughs) versus the work that you do now in the world. Like I just, it takes my breath away thinking about it and thinking about the, man, am I getting emotional this episode? Thinking (laughs) about the identity shifts that you had to really courageously step into to say, oh, wow, this really isn't the truth of who I am. We're not demeaning the profession or anything, but this isn't the truth for me. This isn't my truth. It's this thing, this yoga wellness guide work is actually more in alignment with the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a little bit. So rest and reflection are two themes that I hear a lot in people's transition journeys. And I'm curious, maybe let's start with reflections. So you're at that place where you're like, shoot, I know this isn't it, but what the heck do I do next? What role did reflection play in your transition process? Reflection was huge for me. And I think it was reflecting on much deeper and longer segment of my life than just my transition time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've always known deep down that this wasn't my career path, but when you're, you know, leaving high school and applying to schools and your parents are helping support you and, and, um, you know, they want you to do well, of course. So as a teenager, it's hard to speak up and really find the words to say, no, mom and dad, actually, I don't want to do any of the things of these six schools that I've applied to. And received entry into you can't really say no at that point or at least I felt I couldn't so this reflection that Shannon and I did throughout our work together went much deeper than just that transition time as I said and I think the reflection putting it into words was really me finally acknowledging but also integrating those thoughts and finally allowing them to guide me to my next steps. I, you know, had worked in my corporate career for almost 12 years. So that's 12 years of, you know, always having this underlying 
feeling that it's not what I meant to do, but not truly being able to integrate that into who I am as a person and, you know, make that next step or that decision to shift into what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And what about restoration? Was that something that you needed to make space for? Absolutely. And it kind of shows as what I've stepped into in my my uh, path now, I've practiced yoga almost as long or if not longer than that. And just to bring it into the whole big picture, I relied so much on yoga and meditation and breath work and things of that nature to rest, but in a way that is taking care of my mind as well, not just the body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found when I was able to take that hour, go to a yoga class or, you know, take a moment and do a five minute meditation, even that time spent not having to worry and stress about my former career was a time when I could truly breathe and, and be myself. Yeah. So, well, maybe we should, let's clue listeners in a little bit. So I'm going to give some backstory here if it's okay with you, Caitlin. So Mm -hmm. as Caitlin alluded to, Caitlin and I actually worked together in coaching and I'll own it. Um, When we first started working together, I think we both thought like, this is going to be a slow roll. Like we're like, this is going to be an experimentation journey into then like this, like gradual slow shift out of what you were doing before and into what you're doing next. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's a moment that really stands out from our time together where I feel like we, we were, we both began to question, like, maybe that's not the way it's going to go. Maybe this isn't supposed to be this like slow trickling journey and maybe a bigger move needs to be made. I'm curious, that moment felt really potent for me. And I'm curious for you to just maybe share with the audience if you're willing. So this was on one of our coaching calls. It was a really pivotal moment in my transition journey. And I remember speaking with Shannon just about how everything felt so heavy. And I was just getting to a point where I couldn't go on any further in in the state that I was in. And I remember being very emotional, uh, lots of tears and Shannon held space so beautifully and allowed me to release these emotions. And it was, it's, I'm getting emotional talking about it now. It was so freeing in all senses of all senses of the word, uh, freeing emotionally, freeing physically, this weight on my heart and my chest, on my shoulders just lifted. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember feeling the power in that moment for both of us, perhaps to give you the permission that you could just walk away, Mm -hmm. that you didn't need to stay and slowly experiment your way into what wanted to happen next. That is some people's transition story Mm -hmm. as people will hear in other episodes. That wasn't Caitlin's and there's, Oh God, now I'm going back to, um, your desire to like find and honor your truth. And I'm, it's just smacking me in the face in this moment. Like maybe that was like one of the first steps of like really honoring your truth. How human of you that it wasn't possible for you to really even get into a space of experimentation of that energetic when you are weighed down so heavily mm-hmm. by the work 
of what you're having to do every day. So thank you for leaning in and sharing that vulnerable story. And then it was like perfectly timed because you were going on retreat or something mm-hmm. the next week. And then you came yeah. back and you gave notice. Yeah. Yeah. What was that experience like of, of giving notice of it coming was, out, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was again, so absolutely freeing. Um, I felt like I could finally be myself and exist as myself, as my true self. Um, and I, I gave longer notice than typical. I, I decided to give, um, one month's notice. So I still had time to sort of wrap things up, but the moment that I spoke those words and handed, you know, it wasn't by paper, it was by email (laughs) because of the times, but it just felt so, it was like, I was standing on the top of the mountain, looking out at this horizon of, of, anything and everything that I could uh, jump into next. Yeah. So now we get to the space where it's like, oh, okay. Experimentation is available to us. Another theme that we hear a lot in transition. Were there different possible paths or possible selves that you considered trying out? Absolutely. I knew I wanted to do something in the wellness world. And I knew it would include yoga. Right after I left my former job, I decided to take a position in the service industry. I worked at a restaurant and winery in um, quite a large tourism area um, in Ontario, in Canada, where I'm from. And So I worked at this restaurant for, I think it was about four or five months and just um, to give me some time to really start to dive into my entrepreneurship and my business side of things and building a website and all of that. Uh, But this sort of alternative path, I knew I wouldn't do it forever, but it was so much fun. Like that's the first word that comes to mind. Fun. I got to work at a winery all summer and I met some amazing people there and I'm still keeping in touch with some of them. And it was just this absolutely freeing experience that I, that I got to actually have fun after, you know, 12 years of, not that I didn't have any fun for 12 years, but yeah. you know, it was just this total shift in what work meant to me. Yeah, yeah. The word um, that comes to mind for me is, um, in terms of the, the the old, was masking. Like I remember, I felt like in my corporate career, I had to do a lot of masking. I had to like cake mm-hmm. on, like quite literally, cake on the makeup every day, like yeah. do the things every day, in order to feel like I could show up in that space at all. I remember one day vividly, like listening to some pump up playlist and putting my makeup and feeling like I was applying war paint, like to mm-hmm. my body, because yeah. it was that. Ugh, for me to go yeah. there mm-hmm. and I love how you contrast that to like oh I guess to just be out and like be and like work at this winery and yeah. connect with people and explore sharing the the truthfulness of who I really yeah. am in the world yeah. I'm remembering too some of the possible paths that we talked about was for sure yoga was for sure maybe something in wellness but then also your passion for like sewing and creating and crafting and like that was an avenue that you were thinking about exploring absolutely yeah and I did include that in my bio that I love to sew and that is still something that perhaps I'll explore um as I as I move through this this new um 
way of living. I'm not even sure what to call it now. It's not necessarily a career. It's it's just my life and it's doing things that I that I love to do and I'm passionate about. But yeah, that that was definitely one thing. And I am my human design is a manifesting generator. And that means I like to do every single thing and then add on five more things all at the same time. So I remember, you know, I wanted to do that and I wanted to do yoga and I wanted to, you know, wanted Reiki. but still, Reiki exactly and and uh wanted but still want to do and explore those and I think for me the experimentation comes in in figuring out how can I do all of these things that I love and still have a balance and make them work for me in terms of you know finding the things that can support me financially but also yes. making sure that I'm not burning myself out yeah were there any uh, ways of being that you felt like you had to experiment with or that you got to experiment with? I remember when I had given my notice and, you know, people were asking questions and usually, you know, most most of my colleagues were unsure as to what had happened because I guess the email that, you know, when I, after I've given my notice, most uh, workplaces send out an email saying, you know, such and such, they they have uh, decided to end their position here and, you know, congratulate them, tell them, wish them well on their move to, you know, the next urban planning spot in a different town or a different city. And uh, my my uh, email didn't say any of that. So people were like, well, what's going on? Where are you going? What's happening? And so to share with people that I'm literally like quitting the industry, so to speak, and pursuing yoga and wellness um, was me putting on, not putting on, but taking off the old version of myself and showing up as as the true authentic version of myself. And I think that experimentation of showing up as that real version of me was so much fun because most people's responses were, wow, good for you that takes courage. I could never do that. And it was fun in the sense that I so often heard that response. I could never do that, that I said, sure you can. I did it. You can do it too, if you really want to. So it was, it was empowering for me actually, because as I shared my story, I experimented with a version of myself that was showing others, you know, you don't have to stay on unhappy or, you know, stuck in something you don't want to do, you can make a shift if you really want to. Yeah. And I'm so glad we're talking about that because just in this moment, it hit me how um, a lot of people that I've worked with over the years, they're afraid to do the quitting and not going to anything next right away. Cause mm-hmm. they're afraid of like, well, what's that going to look like to other people? Mm-hmm. Did you have that fear? And, and if so, how did you move through it? Absolutely. And, you know, nowadays we, here or we innately understand that you know oh my goodness that's going to be a blank spot on your resume as yes our resumes are what you know define us exactly (laughs) define us yeah and um it definitely was a thought that ran through my head and, and a fear of what other people would think and you know it was challenging for me to to sit with that um, and initially I was so worried about, about what other people would think or assume, but then I remember I got to a point and I think it was that shift, you know, when we had that conversation, it was just so heavy. I couldn't carry this anymore. I have to put it down that my perspective just switched. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't care what anyone else thinks I have to do. I've gone so long 
um, you know, creating this untrue version of myself that now I just have to let go of what anyone else thinks and do what I need to do to find that authenticity in myself. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks at that point. Yeah. It's such an exercise of like releasing control, you know, of like Mm -hmm. how sneaky our egos can be sometimes be like, yeah, I'm going to even like do this shape shifting all the time just to be able to control what other people think of me Mm -hmm. on top of all the other things that we're trying to control at the same time. And it is such an exercise and a practice in like surrender. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that down and dare to no longer attempt to control external perceptions and instead just be, be, be. Yeah. Just be. <laughs> so you, you know, you, we talked about rest a little bit. We talked about reflection. We talked about experimenting. How did you know? I use that in like air quotes. How did you know what the right next step was all throughout this journey? That's, a, I think, a thing a lot of people struggle with. Like, oh, but how do I know? Maybe this yeah. is like my gut just playing tricks on me or something like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. And right when you said that next question, I immediately thought of during a lot of our sessions, we worked in somatic exercises and sensations in the body. And I know that's something that you're bringing into your work a lot more recently. And I think it's such an important thing to mention, because that's a lot of what I try to share through what I'm doing now through yoga and Reiki and and wellness. We allow the mind to take over and trick us, as you said, And we think and we think and we think and we analyze and we think and we analyze some more to the point where we don't know what's right and what's wrong. Am I ready? What's the next step? Is it this one? Is it that one? And we get so disconnected from ourselves, selves in quotations, our our bodies, our, you know, our essence that we, again, allow the external to influence us. So I think what helped me was to drop down from my mind into my heart. And I say that a lot in my yoga classes, drop down from the busy thinking analytical mind into the body, into your heart space. And what does it feel like to be here? What does it feel like to breathe here? And, you know, what does it feel like on this path? If we go this way, does the body tighten up? Does your breathing get constricted? What does it feel like on this path over here? Do you soften? Are you open? Um, so I think that was a huge part and reminding myself to lean into those sensations. And I think Shannon, our um, sessions really helped remind me to do that and and to truly listen because how how often, you know, do we say, just take three deep breaths? When's the last time we've actually stopped and taken those three conscious breaths in our day? Um, so that was a, a huge part of it for me. Well, and I have to just thank you for your willingness to experiment with me because that was so new. It's it's more anchored in my system now, but when we started working together, that was so new for me. And like people, I'm human too. And I'm experimenting <laughs> and transitioning all the time too. And I was so grateful to have a client like you who gave me a safe space to play and be in the body a little bit more. Um, knowing the the path that you were wanting to head toward, it felt like a safer place of practice. So thank you for the yeah. gift of creating that. What was easier than you thought it would be when you first stepped into these changes? The portion that took place after I, as you said, announced my departure, you know, my my new 
self. And I people always say this new version of you. And I always say it's not a new version of me. It's the true version of me. It's always been here, but it's been covered up by all of this other stuff that I thought I'd, I had to do in life. And yeah, just allowing my true self to exist and for others to see me as that person. That was, you know, something that I was so... I don't, I don't know if afraid was the right word because I, I was never afraid that nobody, people wouldn't like me, but it was the thought of, you know, quitting this career that I've worked so hard to get to a point in my life. And I thought people might think I'm crazy. Mm. You know, why are you giving all of this up to do this? And so that was a huge thing that I had to shift in my, in my head. And, you know, when it, when it all happened, like I said, earlier, the response from others was so different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, honestly, you're taking me straight back to, to that moment that 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 day in my own experience, six, six years ago now of uh, announcing my own decision to leave. And maybe I had a different and I don't remember a lot of people congratulating me. Like, <laughs> yeah, good job. I think I did feel more of the feelings of like, holy shit, she has gone off the deep end. <laughs> but I can totally relate to the part of you that's like, oh my God, it like, it all fell away in that moment. Mm -hmm. It it all felt easier after that point because it wasn't this weight that I was carrying anymore, this burden I was carrying. Mm -hmm. Did anything feel harder than you expected it to? Not really. That's a common answer, honestly. (laughs) And it's been shocking to be in this journey. Not everybody, but a a few folks who are like, Mm -hmm. no, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh, honestly, like the moving through the this whole transition it it seemed to like once you hit a certain point things seem to just get easier once you allow once you allow the floodgates to open then the water just keeps flowing um so yeah when I think back I honestly don't think anything was harder than I thought it was going to be it was the opposite. I was like, why didn't I do this 12 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like building a business, even like as an entrepreneur. I would say harder in a different way than I ever thought. Bingo. That, yeah. that was my sense too of like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to take away from the ease that you just described. Like the ease was there. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to describe it because it feels like mm-hmm. it's an energy more than something you can put into words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think moving from a corporate desk job into entrepreneurship. I had an idea of what it might might be like, but once I actually stepped into that space, a lot of other things came up that I wasn't necessarily expecting them to be hard, but just things that I've never experienced before and having to learn how to navigate all of these, all of these new and different things and, you know, figuring out how do I get an email or how do I set up a website? And, you know, when you work for a company, uh, whether it's private or public, um, you know, I worked for the government, but, you know, I had to make my own website. The government (laughs) has an IT designer who builds the website, you know, so it was a whole different set of challenges, I think, that, that, I stepped into. Yeah. But highlighting again, like they didn't feel like hard, so to speak, because it sounds like it was something that you were, that was so like truthful for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote. I think I've said this on one of these episodes already. Maybe we even talked about this in our, in our work together, but one of my favorite people in the world, Becky Roloff, she's president of St. Kate's University here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And she said, 
no matter what job you have, you're going to have a set of 64 problems to solve. The question (laughs) is, what set do you want to be yours? Mm -hmm. And so it's like taking away the myth, like, yeah, Caitlin still has hard things that she needs to figure out. She still needs to figure out how to build a website, but it's like Mm -hmm. the problem set you wanted to have instead of the problem set of dealing with angry people or or whatever. (laughs) No problem set, but it can feel easeful because it's the one you're choosing. Exactly. Yeah. Was there ever a point where you doubted? Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about that. (laughs) Um, I, in the broad sense, no, but in the more acute sense, yes. And I think it was going back to that that one sort of turning point on our call, it was, you know, these doubts of that I would be, and I'm using my air quotes again, like found out or that I haven't, you know, completed everything that I'm supposed to complete or, you know, done everything that I'm supposed to do as I'm moving through this sort of last couple weeks of my, you know, 12 year career. And I think that doubt was planted so far in advance of me getting there that it became so ingrained in me that it was I think that was one of the scariest parts of of moving through my transition was this worry about what others would perceive me as if I'm you know I I can't do the job so I'm quitting or leaving or something like that and uh that that was probably the biggest the biggest doubt that that stands out in my mind and how did you move through that that's it big. was yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I think our calls helped immensely just having you hold that space and allow me to share and say, let's change this story in your head. What if they don't think that is, the, you know, is is that can you change that um, perspective? And it was these stories that I was telling myself that were dragging me down. And once I realized, hold on a second, I can stop switch that perspective, look for the positive instead, and then allow me to subconsciously release that and then carry on forwards was what what really helped me move through that. Yeah. Yeah. My Buddhist buddy. Have we talked about my Buddhist buddy before? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, really? So like, he never came up on one of our calls. Um, my Buddhist buddy, there was a story recently that I was telling myself that was causing me a lot of suffering. And he's like, Shan, we got to watch out for those stories that are causing you suffering. Like it's causing you so much suffering. And like, can we, do we know that that's true? Can yeah. We absolutely know that that's going to yeah. be how things go. Exactly. Not yeah. always. And finding yeah. a new one. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's story work, man. It's ongoing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, I mean, all of this has been the human side of things, but let's let's talk a little bit more about the human side. So sometimes I, I observe folks who are really hesitant or nervous to step into the messy middle because they're like, well, I can't grow or learn there. I'm not because I'm not yet in the in the new thing that I'm wanting to be doing. I'm not yet the yoga teacher, the Reiki master, and I'm and I'm not fully in what I'm doing now. So they just kind of like arms distance it and try to push it away and not do it. And I'm really curious for us to challenge that assumption of like you that you're not learning when you're in the messy middle. What did you learn about yourself or new ways of being when you were in that middle period? I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah. It uh, it feels like an accelerated course on me. <laughs> oh, um, I think well said. Yeah, and it was just so like I 
I think I've told you this before, but I truly don't think I would have been able to move through this space without Shannon's support, without your support. You're Uh, so sweet. Because our, our calls, every call that we had, it was like the, the next building block stacked on top of the previous one and just gaining all of these different skills and reframing the way that I'm thinking and shifting my perspective and learning to acknowledge that story that I'm telling myself, but also realize that it's not necessarily true and it's not the only story that I can tell myself was so beneficial in this transition. And I think the biggest thing was learning to speak my truth. And it's something that I'm still working on. Um, And that stretches further than, you know, the 12 years of my corporate career, but but truly through my whole life. And I'm a chronic people pleaser and, you know, often quiet my own wants and desires to, you know, keep things kosher, you know, not to uh, stir the pot or or cause any uh, drama, so to speak. So that skill or this this uh, tool in my toolbox of speaking my own truth and and prioritizing that over anyone else's, you know, hurt feelings um, is so much more important than feeling that I need to quiet my own truth in order to keep everyone happy. I think that was the one of the biggest skills that I that I've learned and am still learning every day because it's an ongoing an ongoing thing. Yeah. You and me both. I remember um the day that my own coach, Deb Girardi, love you Deb if you're listening. <laughs> um that she, I, I would get frustrated because I would keep coming up against the same skills that I needed to learn, the new ways of being shifting over and over and over again. She was like, Shan, this might always be your work. You know, mm-hmm. it might always be your work to not do so much rescuing or whatever. <laughs> and and yet still being able to acknowledge and celebrate mm-hmm. the, the growth that has come around in being able to speak your truth, even if it's still an edge, like how human of you, we get to be the ing we get to be constantly in progress and never having arrived in any one place yeah let's talk about um the relational side of this so sometimes i think relationships are things that people don't realize or think about like how that might shift in transition and i'm curious did you experience any shifts or changes in in your community or your support system throughout this time when i think about that question i think yes the it was interesting because I feel I drifted away from some some people, um, mm-hmm. some colleagues that I sort of just connected with in the industry. But in other ways, I gained new connections and connections that were so supportive and uh, so encouraging and so challenging, but in a good way. And I think Initially, it was something that I was worried about. Oh, I have to make sure that I don't, you know, lose any of all all of these friends that I have. But as I move through the process, Shannon, you reminded me too. You know, maybe you just have to allow them to fall away naturally, and the people who you're meant to stay connected with, you will. And the ones that perhaps don't have the same perspective or don't understand why I'm shifting into something different, you know, they're not uh, meant to be in your life anymore. And I think 
allowing that part of myself to be open to these connections, you know, falling away or finding new ones. It was a really cool part of my transition. It's a common theme too, that I'm hearing people celebrate and highlight. And, and even in moments when I have my own doubt, you know, about my path or whatever, I think about all of the people, yourself included, that I would have never gotten to meet Mm -hmm. had I not had the courage to step into change. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you're still in a messy middle of sorts? In some ways, yes. And I, I, to reuse the same words that I've mentioned before, in a broad sense, I would say no, but in an acute sense, yes. Yeah. In a broad sense, no, because I'm sort of, you know, on my path, I'm I'm on the right track. I know where I'm going. In you know more day to day, I I feel like sometimes I am yes, still in transition and still figuring out you know what my there is no end though. Like what does my end you know career look like or you know job or way that I support myself financially look like? And I think that's something that the longer that I'm on this new path, I'm coming to understand in today's day and age, maybe there is no end of the messy middle. Maybe it's always that, you know, transitional period, whether it's a big, huge, massive transition or a little small transition that's weekly or monthly, or, you know, the next hour, you have to make a decision on something that will influence your path. And I think accepting that and and acknowledging that and we're human, we don't like change. I think I've mentioned that. earlier too but the more that we can sit with that in an open way i think is so helpful because we're never at an end point of our journey so well said i could not agree more so well said that's been my experience too after navigating the one major life transition for myself more mindfully or more consciously it's like I feel like I've woken up to the fact that life is just one big messy middle, but I feel so much better equipped to navigate it now, having like learned how to flow with it instead of fighting against the current sometimes that does want to happen in our life. Yeah. What do you want others to know who may be going through a similar transition or want to pursue a similar transition? Talk to Shannon. She's the best. And yes, I am not doing this podcast to some sort of like, oh, let me get all these friends for best clients. It's genuinely people whose transition stories I've truly admired. And yours is definitely one of them. Thank you. But truly, whether it's Shannon or whether it's someone else, I think whether this is something that you're paying for or something that you're not paying for, I think seeking guidance is so important. And uh, I think that's part of me, you know, I call myself a yoga teacher, sure, but I'm more so a guide. I, you know, I hope to help guide people on their own journeys. And I think the moment that I was able to connect with Shannon and and share my transition and know that she was coming from a place of non-judgment and just holding this space for me, I was able to allow it to unfold because before I just, everything was just bottled up inside. And I, you know, maybe had in my mind an idea of how I thought things would happen, but I couldn't actually allow them to start falling into place. But when I, you know, opened up and shared my struggles with someone else, that being Shannon, and just the 
connection and the support and the reciprocity of that share, that sharing, it was so, I don't even have a word to describe. It was just so, it was so moving and so influential in, in my journey. And I felt so stuck before, before I was able to share, but once I allowed it to all come out and, you know, spoke the truth and allowed it to exist in real time, somebody else honored that somebody else heard it. Somebody else knew that's how I I was feeling. That's sort of when everything started to unravel in a good way. Um, and then allowed me to shift and, and move into that new version of me. I'm so glad you touched on that because I don't think that's something we've hit on in any of the interviews so far of like, uh, what I'm hearing in that is allowing yourself to receive support mm-hmm. when you're in mm-hmm. these in-between times. And that was something that I resisted too. I resisted it for freaking two years, I think, mm-hmm. before I allowed myself to receive support. And I think that's why my transition took so long. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm hearing in that is just like allowing yourself to receive. Because so many of us, I know this was my story, was like, oh, I should be able to figure it out on my own. Yeah, this out on my own. Like, come on, I'm a smart person. I know how to do this. Like, whatever, I can figure it out on your own. But yeah, there is some exactly. power in being witnessed and not making yourself do it alone. And during a time or a season of life that can feel really isolating or lonely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Last question, and and one of my favorites because it's fun <laughs> to see how different the answers are. What do you sense is most important to you now at this new stage in your life? The first word that comes to my mind, and this was one question that I haven't written anything, any talking points down about, but just after that last question is connections. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, before in my career or whatever, what do you, people always say, what do you want to be remembered for in your life? Oh, being successful. What does that word actually mean? Um, but I think now making connections with people and the people that I've met in the, on this new path, it's so much more um satisfying and and inspiring and motivating to connect with people from a space of my authenticity than it ever was before in this you know seemingly successful career that I've built for myself you know when I'm now standing in this space of my truth my authenticity you know in yoga and wellness I think when I connect with people now it's so much more there's more layers to that to that connection. There's a depth to it, and I think I hope people <laughs> see that as as well. Um, so yeah, I think you know, is money important? My answer is no. I mean, yes, to survive in your basic needs is status important. No, is it you know whatever society tells us important. No, I always remember this quote, and I don't know who said it, but it goes, uh, people will never remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm. And I think that's uh, sort of a beautiful quote to wrap up my thoughts on on what is most important to me now is, is just connecting with people in a genuine, authentic way. Beautiful. Caitlin, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story with us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. Here's three things I'm taking away from this episode. First, the moment we release trying to control what other people think of us is the moment we get to be free. This came up over and over again in the episode, and I hope you can feel it in Caitlin's energy too. 
She's free now because she's no longer gripping to control how others perceive her. It's left me pondering, where am I still trying to control what other people think? And how can I let go? Second, drop down from your mind to your heart, as Caitlin said. This is often where the truthful self lives and where the answers reside to the hardest questions as we navigate the middles. What are you wrestling with? And what does your heart have to say about it? Third, allow yourself to receive support. You guys, I resisted this for so long, and it made my own transition take a hell of a lot longer than Caitlin's. Someone else honoring your experience, hearing it, knowing how you're feeling, and supporting you to move toward your truthful self, it can be just the ticket to get unstuck. Now for a sneak peek. In our next episode, I'm sharing my interview with Jassy. Her story is a different kind of messy middle, one centered more around faith, spirituality, and belief, truly. And I'm excited, and honestly, a little nervous to share it with you. We're getting into sensitive waters here with a topic like this. So please listen with an open mind and heart, ready to receive wisdom on how to navigate messy middles regardless of the topic, because her story is truly remarkable, with so much wisdom weaved in. Last but not least, if you think this episode might resonate with a friend, please do share it with them. And if you like my energy, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, connect with me on Instagram, or learn more about my work at shannonshotler.com. Until next time, go forth into your very own messy middles with courage and compassion.